Welcome back to another edition of Return the Picks, the podcast that is based around the idea of getting some money out of the NFL season. If we ever get that, uh, we will find out in a few weeks. We're three Sundays from this coming Sunday away from the start of the new season. We've got hard knocks on the go at the moment and we've got fancy football looming. So this week, myself, Ollie Wilson, Jazz Gillum, who is still here with me for the intro. Jazz, how are we doing? Really good. Uh, Very good time. Dave Bluck, who's just buggered off, and uh, Neil Dutton joined us on the show this week as well. Eagles fan, Sheffield Wednesday fan, fine fancy football journalist, a frequent contributor to places like Talk Sport and Talk Sport 2. Also does the Waxing Lyrical podcast and a writer for Roto Viz and Roto Underworld and Numberfire as well. Uh, joined us to talk all things fancy football. Eye-opening, uh, worrying for some, maybe. Um, Mostly Ollie. I... Would just like you to appreciate the fact I didn't put in any Kirk Cousins jibes there, just to try and. I was so tempted. Yeah, we 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 got onto obviously Adam just, I went away from it. I went away from it. There was one moment where I was going to say, "Well, he's got a you know, top five quarterback throwing to him, <laughs> so surely he's got to be up high, hasn't he?" But it. I reckon that Dutchworth said, "No, he doesn't." I, I think I think I agree with you on that. But it yeah. did highlight as I got into with him how much you can overthink all of this stuff and why oh, yeah. fancy football is so stupid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I understand the premise of it completely because, of course, you weren't allowed to gamble in the States, were you, for so many years? So fantasy football was their version of gambling. Yeah. So that's why they're all so big in the fantasy games. And in fairness, of all the sports that do it, I think the NFL does it the best because it just the way the sport is set up and the way the draft system works, it works perfectly. Compared to, say, the Premier League, where you can change your players every week, or when we've done a fancy one that's a draft here. Terrible. And there's, Absolutely terrible. Well, there's too many weeks as well in all the other sports, in the yeah. NBA and even yeah. in like football and stuff like that, whereas I can focus on an NFL fancy season for like, well, the 17 weeks, yeah. 10 weeks that I'm relevant. And then, you know, the mm, 10 six... weeks is, is pushing it, but yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a loser's final in some of these leagues as well. So you can still fight. Which for has the got, it's got you prizes. It's got you that that certificate of participation. It's got you that toilet seat, you know? Hooray. You've got, you've got, you've got prizes out of it. Hooray. Oh, wait, no, that does mean that we've done that league for three years, but we've only done the Eli Manning one for two. For yeah. two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll get into that as well later. Uh, I'm sure it'll be mentioned at some point <laughs> further down the road as well. Only uh, seen ghosts already. I uh, don't like it, honestly. I mean, I am. There is a new Eli shirt that's going to be coming for it. So oh, really? One here and one for away. Yeah. Okay. I think if I'm going to wear the Eli shirt, I don't want to wear that monstrosity. I think you should. <laughs> that one will stay in the UK, just in case. If I'm out of the country, we need to have one in the UK. If there's a chance that I don't have to wear it, you know what I mean. So yeah, we do there's, need there's to. There's always a chance, slim chance, but there's a chance. Look, we'll, you, we'll come on to that. Anybody that's listening that knows about the Eli Manning bet will know the humiliation that has come for me in the last two years on Thanksgiving, having to wear that Eli Manning jersey. I was very appreciative that Dutz kind of understood the pain. <laughs> yeah, his, his quote on that was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, horrific thing. Um, yeah, that's basically all we talked though on this, and uh, we got I think distracted by Kemer uh, Siverand as well, the foolish Seattle corner right at the end. Um, yep. But sit back, enjoy. Over the middle, picked off. Season fired, intercepted. Blitz coming, pass is picked off. 
He's going to go looking again, and it's picked off by Stefan Gilmore down on the right sideline. Into the end zone, and he's picked off. Back the other way. How did you get? How did you get the Eagles then? Well, it was when I was started watching. My, my mates, uh, one of them was a Saints fan, and one of them was a Jets fan. And um, when I was went out to the house to start watching it, the Jets fan said, "You'll pick up more, and you'll get more into it if you have your own team." Yeah. And this was in two thousand. He said the Eagles are quite good. You know, they've you know young quarterback, yeah. good head coach, whatnot. Mm. And as I say, so from two thousand onwards, I've supported the Eagles, and he's a Jets fan. Um, so I think I did better at this than he did, and uh, my esteemed po- uh, co- co-host uh, on the podcast does point out that if he'd only said the words Cincinnati, I'd be oh. slightly less bear- uh, unbearable than I already am. Yeah, yeah well, that would ex- also explain yeah. something Dave and I were talking about a few moments ago, about your selection of Chad Pennington. Uh, as uh, a backup QB in your fantasy league that was a complete disaster because you dropped Breeze for McNabb yeah. and then ended up resorting with a Pennington thing. So the Jets' influence has still screwed you over a little bit there. Yeah, the the, the very first game I ever watched was a Jets game as well. Um, so they are, I, I can't escape them. They, they are. It's not like I'm emotionally bound to them. I just feel they like to torment me. <laughs> just, and it goes back to that. I mean, obviously, if I'd known then, you don't take quarterbacks in the first round anyway. But, you know, the yep. breeze, his shoulder's knackered. That's why the Dolphins didn't sign him. Off you go. Ah. Um, Hall of Famer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Talking about, we could kind of go back to the, the team you picked where it was allocated. At least they didn't allocate you the Patriots. If they'd done that, they'd have been really pissed off. Oh, oh man. Mm. I don't imagine that. Any, well, he was a Jets any... fan. He's not going to do that, is he? No, I know. No. no. Even, even, I mean, bear in mind, that was their first like year with... With Belichick, so even then he wouldn't—he he, wouldn't—he wouldn't have given me anything Patriots-wise just because he hates the Patriots. That, yeah. That's a bit of a shitter, though, as well, isn't it? Like he could have helped you out at, at least and been like, <laughs> you "Hey, look, Drew Bledsoe's a pretty decent quarterback. This team in New England might be fun. It's close to get to like Philadelphia. Why don't you support the Patriots?" He could have helped you out in some way. The rival instead... team. Yeah, it, it's it's probably the only nice thing he's ever done for me. And I've known him about 30 <laughs> years. Uh, and I think, I still think he regrets even doing just this one act of kindness. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Being an Eagles fan is far better than being a Sheffield Wednesday fan, Neil, but um, it's, it's not exactly the easiest road to walk for a long period of time. And I still find it almost embarrassing, like uh, putting up the flags at the, uh, at the link for winning the NFC East. Like I saw they put the banner up the other week for that last year, and it's like, Ugh. yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's just it's not something to be proud of, particularly in the last few years, anyway. Like, why celebrate winning such a shoddy yeah. division in it, such it, a manner? It, it, it's a bit like celebrating passing your cycling proficiency test. You know, <laughs> you know, I mean, it is technically an achievement, but it's not one you're going to tell the grandkids about, especially yeah. when you know it should just be. Congratulations! The Cowboys lost this division. Yeah, you know, that's what last season it was. It was you know well done. You weren't as you bad. didn't crap your pants as bad as the Cowboys did. <laughs> yeah. So well done for that. Here's to be flag. fair, that is worth celebrating, isn't it? Well, yeah, actually, you know, I think about it. <laughs> I think you've but I think it, you've sold it. It would be better to celebrate it in that manner with a congrats yeah. on crapping oh, your pants yeah. less than the Cowboys. You suck less. It's just got it's just that got a picture be... of a cowboy like falling off a horse or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the best way to to have actually won it to really rub it in would have been if the Eagles had lost in Week 17, and so would the Cowboys. 
Yeah. yeah. They're just yeah, the yeah. ultimate. See, <laughs> we you still we gave it to you, but you didn't want it. So. Yeah, the banner should just be Tony Romo being choked out like like a little playoff banner for him kind of thing. Like, Oh, no, it, the, it, the banner should just be, you know, I don't know if they have the technology to do this with flags, but basically just do the GIF or GIF, however you want to say, of Jason Garrett clapping. Just, <laughs> yeah, that works. Just, yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. How did you just out of interest, Neil? Uh, how did you watch and celebrate the, the Super Bowl win? Not that I want to go back and mull over that incredible night when mm. the Eagles beat the Patriots. I mean, who'd want to relive that again and again and again and again? <sighs> We've heard about it a few times <laughs> and we were there. And he's got uh, the jersey behind him too. I can see it. Um, well, I've got Chris behind me. Um, <laughs> that's my that's my Chris box. That's it's very dear to me. Um, one of my other friends is an Eagles fan. He actually only started watching um, the year before the Super Bowl. Oh wow! So, so he came into a good time. But as I say, he had almost the same you know the same me as the Wednesday. You know, his first first year they got to a championship game, then got to a Super Bowl, and he thought it was easy. And then obviously it wasn't. So we. Went out for it's quite like a little tradition. We do this every Super Bowl. A few of us go out for usually an Indian or last year went for a Greek, and that was just be just be weird. Um, <laughs> so we went. Me and him talk about the game that's coming on. Two other people come with us, stare blankly at us because they haven't got a clue what we're talking about. Then we went to my mate's house and we annoyed his girlfriend by doing the exact same thing. You know, talking <laughs> about things she has no concept of. Yep. Then we watched YouTube videos until the uh, the telly came on, and so we watched it with him and. I'm, I, I've, I, I, no, no shame at all. Um, when the ball hit the ground on the hail mary from the Patriots, I cried. Um, no, really. I, oh, and it, it wasn't just a little, t- you know, a t- I'm so happy a tear. No, I was. It was two hands proper rubbing Sorry. as he's he's trying to bear hug me, and I'm like, no, that actually hurts more. Please, just give Stop. me a minute. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's, I, I, I'm glad I didn't watch it by myself because yeah, when when I watched like I watched Stokes's. He- uh, Headingly innings by myself, and I watched the World Cup final again with Ben Stokes by myself. And when I celebrate by myself, I have a very, very bad habit of shouting the F word very, very loud. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, I do that on my own or with other people as well. I actually, oh. Yeah, I do do that with other people to be fair. So. And, you know, at, at three o'clock in the morning with the two girls asleep, my much better half asleep, me screaming, you know, get the pin. Very, very. I think it probably would. Have, you know, do you remember the last night in your house? Yeah, we won the Super Bowl, and then I had to move out. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I remember Ollie crying. Uh, I didn't when cry. He was close won. to it, but we had we had a it. we had a big hug, and then he ran around the entire sports bar. Yeah, I was. Uh, he disappeared was for half of the fourth quarter. I couldn't watch, want it. watch it with anyone. Who wanted yeah, to I had to go and find you at the uh, yeah. at the bar. There was like a bar at the far end, and then there was the big screen that everybody was watching it on down the other end. And um, I've been watching it on the big screen, and I couldn't watch those last few drives uh, with people because like there'd been some Patriots fans in the bar, and they're obviously supremely yeah. arrogant arseholes ninety oh. percent of the time. So they were just chirping every so. Oh, it's Brady time! It's Brady time! And I was like, no. And I went to the bar and got a shot of. Uh, I think it was tequila and a shot of Jägermeister. I was like, one of these is going to be done in victory and the other one's going to be done in misery. And then, uh, yeah, then when it dropped, turned around and Dave was just there. I've never hugged a man like that, I don't think. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, it was... <laughs> it, uh, it felt a lot. It was, it, was a, it was a big deal. No, Not See, quite it, the tears, though. It reminds me, it's obviously, you know, it's a different sport, but um, going back to uh, when, Liverpool, when Arsenal won the league at Anfield, you know, in 1989, mm. you know, the, yep. the Michael Thomas game, 
you're, you're all you're all children. You might not remember. No, this. no, no. Um, no, I remember it. One of my dad's mates. You don't remember it. Sorry, Jazz. <laughs> yeah, you were two years old. You were two years old. <laughs> I've I've seen it, but I don't remember it. Yeah, yeah. One, one of my just... dad's mates uh, is a season ticket holder at Anfield, but he just he had a bad feeling about the game, so he didn't go. He gave. Wow. He said, "I'll watch it on telly." But then, just before kickoff, he had another bad feeling, and he went, "I can't watch it." So he went for a drive. Oh, and he right. timed his journey perfectly. So he said, I'll come home and the game will be finished. Now, half times used to be 10 minutes, but for some reason, this half time went a little bit over. So that when he arrived home and opened his front door, the first words he heard were, Thomas, it's up for grabs now. Oh, my goodness. That would make you sick. Yeah. Oh, it sick did. to your stomach. <laughs> Jeez. He oh. thought he timed it perfectly. Yeah. He'd just come and say, did they lose? Mm, I thought they would. But he basically walked in and saw them lose oh. after spending 90 minutes trying not to think about it. That's like being a Panthers fan and walking in as that. Vinatieri kicks it through the uprights with like time expiring and stuff like yeah. that. Which, yeah. thank you very much on digital, if anybody remembers that back in the day, to try and compete with Sky. There was on digital and it became ITV Digital. But on digital's Sky Sports Channel froze for me as Vinatieri kicked it. So I had five minutes of looking at a blank screen after staying up until half four in the morning to see whether this ball went through or not. It was only like the second or third Super Bowl I'd stayed up for in my life. I was livid, absolutely livid. See, I remember the, the, the Rams-Patriots won, the very the first Patriots win, and the, the live show was, I think it was on ATV, and I saw an advert for it, and I don't even watch it in the NFL, it's like a couple of years, but it immediately annoyed me because it said the Super Bowl between the New England Patriots yeah. and St. Yeah. Louis Rams. I was like, oh my God, you've got them both wrong. Congratulations. <laughs> you, wonder why, you, you wonder why this audience isn't growing. You, yeah. you can't, can't even get the sodding names right. It'd be nice if that if you could tell that to Brady and that would just taint that first win for him somehow. <laughs> like everybody in England knew you as the Patriots rather than the Patriots there, yeah. Tom. So unlucky, mate. Sort of. You're the Patriots, Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> that happens quite a lot really with English broadcasts. I remember Jake Humphrey when he was doing the BBC two coverage and instead of saying they just scored a touchdown, oh they just scored a try. He didn't correct himself. He just went with it. It's like yeah. dude. Just if you have to say, just just don't acknowledge it. Just Yeah. Know, I've I've heard like some commentators always said if you make a mistake you can't go you don't have time to go back yeah which is why you know obviously you know the great cricket one you know the batsman's holding the bowler's willy yeah yeah the commentator said as soon as he said it I can't go back I can't say (laughs) oh sorry I didn't mean to say that because people and say people who've missed it go what what did he say what did he say so say hope no one heard it. Just push on. Yeah. I mean, it's like the time I said, you know, you know, I, instead of saying heated debate, I said masturbate at school. Oh. You know, it's like the time you hope no one heard it, but deep down, you know, everyone, everyone heard did. it. Yeah. It's yeah. like when you call the teacher mum, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was great. Yeah. That always happens to to someone every year in school, didn't it? I oh, know. Even when like 16, somebody did that, as well, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. Neil, man, you must have obviously, I mean, I, I think judging by you kind of talking about about year 2000 or so you started watching quite a lot and i think i was only probably a year behind you with avid folly following the um american football in the uk but you've seen the development of things like the broadcasts that the uk broadcasters do the actual interest that's now coming i mean if you go back to the year 2000 you're never expecting it to be like it is now the the, i mean we do have actual quality now on our broadcasts on uh, on bbc and on sky and we do have there 
it's not just a myth that this is some sort of kind of sport that people aren't really that into, but just follow for the yeah. sake of it, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, because <clears throat> when I first started watching, I was aware of it, but I just thought it's all. I thought, oh, it's on in the middle of the night. You know, yeah. I just thought it was something that you know it was because the you only ever saw adverts for the Super Bowl, mm. and the Super Bowl obviously starting at eleven thirty. You're like, oh, God, who could watch this? It's just on, on a, a Sunday yeah, as well. On a, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, when when I started watching it, it was. One game, nine o'clock on a Sunday. That was it. And I just remember, you know, the occasional week, oh, we'll have a double header next week. And I'm like, my God, brilliant. You know, I can sit there from six o'clock and getting drunk and eating crisps as opposed to <laughs> nine o'clock. And then, you know, obviously we you go from that and then they start having, instead of just being, you know, that and you can go and buy First Down on the First Down magazine on Thursday and that's your lot. But even first down was just pretty much, oh, this was on Sky Sports. This was on NFL.com, copy and paste, copy and paste. Yeah. So now instead you start getting like highlight programs and the occasional little snippets and even sometimes being mentioned on like Sky, on Sky News or whatnot. To, to where we are now, I mean, it's getting its own channel, you know, on Sky Sports. It's, I, mean, yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, I've got, you know, slightly disloyal to obviously, you know, the brand. I've got Now TV. I don't have Sky. Mm. And I have the sports package, which is £35 a month. I watch the cricket on Sky on the sports channel, and that's it. Because, you know, I, I usually watch the NFL. And that. So if it was, could you pick a channel to watch, and I'll pay for that per month. <laughs> I'll pay for the cricket, and I might have the NFL one. But the fact that we've now got, you know, a dedicated channel to it, and, you know, the broadcasters that they, they do have, they, you know, these are people, they know their stuff. It's not just... They're not just jamming generic sports presenter in front of it and saying, go on, talk about this like you know it. I mean, that's why for the Super Bowl a couple of years ago when they had Gareth Southgate on, on the Beeb, yeah. you could tell, oh, he came on during the second the oh. second quarter and bless him, he didn't have a clue what they were yeah. talking about. And he's just like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, so, so what do you make of the game, Gareth? It's loud. It's like, yeah, brilliant, great insight. You know, and right, I was, yeah, and you know now that you say you have it, like people like you know O.C. Humanair and Jason Bell and all the people that come on that they know the stuff they've been and played. Yeah. So it's not just like no marks. Pretend you know people saying, "Oh, I you know I, I went to you know I went to America once." Oh, well, that, <laughs> yeah. that, make, that makes you qualified. <laughs> qualified. Yeah. I kind of wish it still was like that. To be honest, I'd have way more chance of getting a few more jobs out of it. Like, well, I've been like a couple of times now, so uh, I should. In the game, should basically be on this twenty four seven, right, guys? Um, Sign him up. That's why I don't watch the BBC coverage of the Super Bowl. I watch it on Sky because I know that the quality of the analysis is always better when the adverts are on. Sure, I'll switch back, but not for very long because I can't be asked with it. So that's why I didn't know Gareth Southgate was on it. And if I had, I would have turned it off immediately. <laughs> well, the BBC did nail it a few years ago. Uh, I think it might have been the San Fran uh, against Baltimore game in New Orleans because I think they had Chappers out there anchoring the main broadcast for them. And like he obviously knows his stuff and he's a really good broadcaster, much like um, Colin Murray and Nat Coombs have done on the Channel 5 and Channel 4 late night stuff. Chappers is great for that late kind of, late night kind of gig on TV because he is very relaxed and his radio background yeah. means he's got a good personality to be engaging while also still being a really good frontman. And then, like, you know, Sky, though, Neil Reynolds backed by uh, the likes of um, Jeff Reinbold, for instance, I think is fantastic <laughs> on it in terms of bringing passion and energy. They always get, like, Josh Norman and people like that involved as well. Like, Sky have just got that, like, little bit of extra clout of getting some current and former players yeah. on. It's like, okay. I'm well, they're getting the around the NFL guys on a lot now, aren't they? Which is, uh, they seem to love Neil. 
Yeah, yeah, and it's, they it's love cool. the English as well. I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've had we on our pod we've had the around the NFL boys on a couple of times. Most of really, so we've had we've had Greg on once, Dan on once, and Dan played a prank on us when we rang him because he pretended to be someone else and <laughs> left us hang, left us hanging on the phone for five minutes before he came oh. up when it was me. <laughs> oh, brilliant! I'll have to listen to that. I love yeah. that show. The uh, yeah, asshole. Uh, whereas Wesling <laughs> and, 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 and Cecil have been on several times. The thing with Neil Reynolds is now, obviously, you know, as you know, a sports fan who does have some, I say, I support Yorkshire and cricket as well, so I know about polarizing sports figures like Jeff Boycott. And I think that in in the UK, especially Neil Reynolds is like that because people, there's people who just either I don't mind him, and there's all people literally despise him. Mm. And it's like, my God, he's only talking about the game. And I've been to like NFL NFL UK events, and you know when he's doing the hosting. He's fantastic because he comes across as so personable and you can tell he's generally interested and he's so enthusiastic. But occasionally when he's talking, when he's hosting, he comes off as a little wooden. Yeah. And I just think that... That was he, the word I was about to say, yeah. It's wooden. not what he's saying, it's how he's saying, he's saying it. it. Yeah. You know, he but knows the game and he likes, he really <laughs> loves it. But um, yeah, like you said, it's just... Just a bit yeah. stilted, or scripted, almost yeah. scripted, isn't it? Yeah. Back, back in the day when it was, you know, Kev Cadle hosted, yeah. and uh, Nick Halling, and yeah. then occasionally uh, Neil Reynolds would be on it. The three of them worked really well because, you know, I, I don't, yeah. th- I think, you know, Neil obviously knew what he was talking about, so he can, he's always a bit more relaxed because it's just coming naturally. Whereas as a host, you know, as as someone who just needs to keep it going, it's as you say, occasionally he just sounds a bit. Like and we come now to the it's you know, just just let it flow, please, Neil. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah, I, I mean him him and Nick Hauling both when they're in that side chair to Kevin Cadell. Like, I mean rest his soul, Kev. Like I loved him as a broadcaster, but at the same time you would also say, I mean, if you want to talk about like Wooden, like Kev's like, We are back for this ball but game it, with I liked it. <laughs> like but it but it just worked. It was so Kev. good, yeah. And he kind of owned it to an extent and was really yeah. good. And then both Nick and Neil uh, in that kind of side role alongside him, had a wonderful chemistry and combination. Um, it always blew my mind as well when they'd suddenly like cut to Nick Halling on Thanksgiving when he's cutting the turkey, and you'd suddenly realise mm. that he's just wearing jeans or shorts behind the desk, and he's got like full suit top on, and then just yeah. a pair of shorts and underneath and cutting the turkey and stuff Brilliant. like that. It was awesome, man. Um, See, that, do you remember just thinking of that? You know, just being you know dressed top up. You know that like, video that went viral, the news, the, the, the journalist who's being interviewed and his kid walks in. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about that earlier, yeah. Now, if you watch that fella, he sits perfectly still and tries to do that to get the kid away because I think if he'd stood up, yeah. he was in his boxes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, I can't stand up because it's totally, he's braced. Whereas, yeah. you know, if it was, if, you, if it just be, I would be a sec, but because he's just, oh God, I can't get up, I'm in the bills. <laughs> yeah. I think you've nailed him there. Did you see Mooch on NFL Network during the lockdown when they were like joking about that sort of thing? And Mooch was like, "Hey, I'm I'm wearing I'm wearing my red my red shorts on. Don't worry, I got shorts." And they're like, "Yeah, Mooch, you're just there in your underpants." He was like, "Nah, nah," and just stood up midway through the broadcast and just showing off his (laughs) red shorts. Everyone, no, you see, I've got this. Don't worry, don't worry. It's like, all right, Mooch, we need to kind of like crack on with being NFL Network and not being a podcast. But yeah, it's um. Neil, we, we do need to talk some fantasy football with you uh, yeah. at some point on this. Um, I, I'm going to open up with a, a question that's quite, <laughs> quite divisive, I think, to this group. Now, 
if you were hypothetically involved in a race to get the most total points before Thanksgiving and the loser had to wear an Eli Manning shirt <laughs> on Thanksgiving if they got the lowest amount of points and that person happened to be out of the country for Thanksgiving and therefore couldn't afford to put the Eli Manning shirt in their bag or take it on, should they be subjected to still having to take that shirt out of the country to wear? It's a really well, important one, this, to be honest. See, it's, it's it's hard for me to count as anyone having to wear an Eli Manning shirt, as I believe it contravenes at least three human rights uh, regulations. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's cruel and unusual punishments and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh. If it makes you feel any better, Ollie's worn it three years in a row. It's probably going to be four years in a row this year. Two. We haven't even drafted yet, but it's probably going to be four years in a row. It's only we've only done it for two years, Jess. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Well, I must have. I thought it was more. Feels like three. Yeah, uh, like, I mean, I bet uh, it feels like a million to you. Yeah. Well, every single one of those Thanksgiving days feels like a whole calendar year. Day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, See, I lost. I lost a bet with um, say my co my co-host Mainzy, um, and I had to wear a, a Washington. Don't, don't say the other word. Mm, uh, no. Washington jersey nice. at a Wembley game, and Ooh. it was luckily it was. Because I was I was a little bit heavier than I was than I am now. It fit quite snugly, so I didn't really mind. Because it was like this is the comfiest shirt I've ever worn, um, <laughs> despite the fact it's burgundy. Um, Who's which player? Yeah, who was on was, the back of it? It was John Riggins, so at least it was a oh, good okay. player. Yeah, that's whereas, fine. Whereas the year earlier, when he, he lost the bet, he had to wear a '93 Curse Eagles ver- uh, jersey. That's <laughs> like because who looking at it and people are going, who's that? Turn around, please. I can't, you know, trying to remember who the name was because nice. I was not giving him my Dawkins jersey, and that was just not happening. Yeah, no, no, fair. you can't give something nice to somebody to wear at that point. Definitely no. not. That, not. They probably so. deliberately spill something on it or something. So the Eli Manning jersey should Very never good. ever be worn again by me. That's what you're saying. Cool. Yeah, well, yeah, actually, you, so hopefully the the information you, you don't have to the information yeah, just you listen give to me. what Neil's got to say about fancy, and yeah. maybe you won't be so terrible. Uh, in all seriousness, for fancy, let's start with your first round first pick. Who would you take? You've got number one choice on the board this year in a non-PPR league. Ollie wants the tip here because <laughs> that's literally what he has. Just teeing you up. Some of these questions might be, you know, <laughs> designed for just one person in this group. I'm not sure. But... Oh, or just to one, that's fine. <laughs> See, the, obviously the temptation is to still go with Christian McCaffrey uh, because we saw last year that even though the Panthers were, I'm trying to be polite, shite, um, he was still, you know, he was still the offense. Now the offense is yeah. going to be different this year. They've got a few more pieces. It looks like it's going to be virtually, you know, completely different. The problem is with Christian McCaffrey, the number one running back doesn't tend to repeat the next year. Yeah. Now, so obviously, I'm not going to say, you know, don't take Christian McCaffrey. He's, he's going to finish outside the top, you know, top twenty running backs or whatnot. But historically, it does seem to change hands. <clears throat> so. I mean, you can take McCaffrey if you want, but I wouldn't be averse to thinking on a similar path with McCaffrey. Bad team, probably still going to have to pass the ball an awful lot. Running back who's really involved in the receiving game. Saquon Barkley could be yeah. this year's McCaffrey. That's mm. my, that'd be my pick for number one in non-PPR. Yeah, that's what we were going with. So you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't you take... You know the... he's going to get the carries and yep. you know he's going to catch the ball. And we've seen when he does catch the ball, it's not just... I mean. You know, Leonard Fournette, bless him, had 76 receptions last year and I think averaged five yards of reception. Gee, great. That's really helpful. <laughs> Whereas Saquon Barkley averages about nine or ten yards of reception. Yeah. So it's going to be useful. You know, it's going to be accumulative stats. And, you know, 
Danny Dimes, you know, take from you, like from you know, you know, he loves to fumble the ball, but he yeah. did show flashes last year that if he does have some chemistry with some of his players, he can deliver them the ball. Now, obviously, he has that chemistry with Saquon Barkley and the receivers, but we've seen in the past with Jason Garrett is he likes to basically just feature his running back and no one else. That's it. Yeah. So that's why I would, I, you know, I, I'm not, you know, I. I I've all the mocks and I've ever I've done so far. I have not once had the first overall the first overall pick in the draft. So I'm probably not going to get Christian McCaffrey. He says, hoping in every other draft he gets him now. But if you want to, do, you know, to mix it up a bit, I would have no problems taking Barkley. Fair, yeah, that's how I pick. Also, he's definitely at the goal line touches. Mm-hmm. That's the big thing. There's no. I mean, who are they taking? I think even having watched a decade a decade or more of Jason Garrett coaching. The idea of him taking Saquon Barkley off the field to give the goal line carries to Dion Lewis, even you know, even that borders yep. on insanity. I don't think Garrett would do. It's um, I think I can agree with that wholeheartedly. It's such a high level running back position this year in terms of NFL fantasy as well. You look at almost all the players in the top ten of every single fantasy kind of draft board that you look at. Seven to eight of them are running backs, and then and then you get into maybe a, you know the receiver and stuff, but. It's there's so much depth in that running back position. It's like go early, heavy, or and then go and get your receivers later on. Mm. I th- I, th- I mean, I think especially this year more so the most. I mean, the popular theory, of course, is that running back doesn't matter, and it doesn't because they're incredibly replaceable. But that's a that's a long term team building point of view. In fantasy, yep. they're ridiculously important. Yeah, and as I say, if you look at the projections that I'm going off this year in fantasy. The top 12, so the first round, there's 10 running backs. Yep. Now, you could argue that if you wanted, there's probably two running backs you could push into the first round and take the two wide receivers out. I mean, obviously, one of the big theories, you know, that everyone's on about, you know, zero running back, you know, just pound wide receiver and work the waiver wire, pick up some later round running backs. There's a good chance that, you know, if you're picking at the back end of the first round, you could go Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, if, say if you're picking, like the, you've got the 12th pick, mm. you could start Adams and Thomas and then yep. just muddle your way through running back. Because the big problem is that if you're picking first and you take McCaffrey or you take Saquon Barkley, by the time you come round again and you're still thinking, I want to take someone and running back, running back you're picking there, it's Todd Gurley or Melvin Gordon. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, Melvin it's, Gordon. it's a bit risky. It's not 2017. You know, other, mm. you know I mean, the Buccaneers are trying to convince the world it's 2013, you know, with all the players they're signing. But <laughs> yeah. as right. shit as 2020 has been, this is the year it is. So so I think it's just one of those that I don't have a set strategy. I think if you go into any draft, even if it's one you've played in for years, and say, this is what I will do, you're going to miss things that could have been to your advantage. Like, everyone is a value if they drop far enough. But if yeah. you've gone to, no, I will not take a running back until the fifth round, and everyone else has taken that policy. And you sit there and, you know, you could have someone like a Josh Jacobs or a Miles Sanders or a CEH. It's just for some reason, it's just falling because you're so wedded to your strategy, you ignore it. Well, you know, congratulations, you're going to lose your league and you've decided that in August. So, you <laughs> that's, know, you, that's Ollie's <laughs> usual strategy, lose yeah, it in August. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, I know some people... Um, some people who say, especially zero zero running back truthers, say they either want to win their league or they want to come last. Well, that's lovely, but 
I don't. I, I just want to win it. I don't want to entertain the idea of coming last. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah, you mentioned CDH there. Um, do you you have him as a as a first rounder as well? I mean, it's really exciting his potential, but obviously I'm a little bit cautious about getting a um, a rookie running back from anywhere, even if even if the the setup and everything seems like they're going to perform really well. I've never been more scared of rookies than I am this year in all positions. Yes, exactly. But, There's no time for them to adjust, is there? But I think that. I'm not so worried about running backs because running back is essentially it's a look, you know, depending on the scheme you run, there's your hole, hit it, or make that. That's what I say. So if I mean, if you wanted to say, you know, okay, you're a rookie running back and you're landing on say if it was a rookie if CEH had gone to the New York Jets, we'd never hear his name again. Yeah. Because no one yeah. cares. But yeah. he's landed with the Kansas City Chiefs, tethered to Patrick Mahomes, with Andy Reid calling the plays. Now Eagles fan, obviously, as we know, Big Red can ignore the run like I can ignore healthy food. <laughs> I'm aware it is there, but I don't want any part of it. If you know, if I'm in that mood, but yep. if he comes out and says this kid reminds me of Brian Westbrook, mm. Big Red is not prone to hyperbole. Yeah. So I think the fact that it's, I was slightly tempered with CH because I was thinking veteran deference. Damien Williams is there. You could argue that Damien Williams should have been the Super Bowl MVP. Yes, for yeah. three quarters, Patrick Mahomes stunk. I freaking called him oh. it on the bloody broadcast <laughs> as he went into the end zone for his second touchdown. I was like, to take make himself surely the MVP. So I was thinking, you know, that maybe if it's a if you're going to take CH in the first round, there's a good chance that the first five or six weeks you, you, he's in a timeshare with with the veteran. Now yep. the restrictions are off. They've you know they've got some decent. Bodies, should we say, in the running back room? They've got Daryl Williams, haven't they? They've got Daryl Williams, who confused the shite out of, of drafters last year. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, yeah. it was it harkened back to the days when there were two Adrian Petersons, <laughs> and one of them was, I think, it was a fullback for the Bears. And I, even a couple of years ago, Atlanta had two Jay Joneses, both oh, wide really? receivers. And I, I do a draft I was in the other day. Um, I actually went back to back D Johnson. <laughs> okay. Like, I took Duke and then Deontay. David. Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay. I've, 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 you know, I've missed out on David, but I'll, I'll make sure. You know, as I said, I like to keep my hand on my Johnsons, uh, just get as many as possible. <laughs> and I, going back to what I was saying, I just think that everything is in place for. I don't think the Chiefs are going to fall off a cliff offensively. No. And I think you want as many pieces of that offense as possible. And the problem is that you're gonna have to take them all ridiculously early because you know they're all going. You know, Ceh, Kelsey, Hill. Uh, even Mahomes, they're all going to get taken probably in the first three or four rounds. Yeah. Do you think though there are enough maybe uh, running back specific plays? Because obviously Andy Reid did phenomenal work with running backs out of the backfield, as you mentioned with Russell Westbrook, with with Deuce Staley before that, of course, and um, even with Lashawn McCoy as well was a great option for him. But yeah, Kelsey's the safety net for the for the short checkdown. Yeah. You know, Tyreek Hill's the deep threat. That they've got. They stretch off a defenses, sorry, so much that actually that running back position in the passing game just doesn't seem to get used that much by Kansas City. So this Ceh uh, has got obviously the talent and the ability, particularly coming out of that LSU team. But surely at first round is still way too high for him. It's one of those I wouldn't take. I mean, he's not for me. I would not take him ahead of Barkley, McCaffrey, Elliott, Kamara. I probably wouldn't take him ahead of Sanders. And you know, you, then you start going into well. Would Nick you take Chubb. him, Nick Chubb? Would you? I mean, 
one of the big quandaries for me is Derek Henry yeah, doesn't yeah. catch the ball. I know. Never gets thrown the ball. So in standard leagues, Derek Henry's a first round pick because of volume. You know, yeah. the odd reception doesn't really matter. Half PPR and PPR, Derek Henry drops a little bit because he's not going to score 18 touchdowns again, he says confidently. Uh, oh, I agree. <laughs> and so but it's still a question of when they get into the you know, into the scoring zone, you know, at the business end of things. Andy Reid does like to run the ball at that situation. It's, I say, he can ignore it like nobody can ignore it, anything. But as soon as he's within sight of the goal line, he remembers he's got them. And that's when he'll start rolling the runner-backs out. They're going to get reception. But it's as you say, that if you're going in banking on him catching 75 to 100 passes, you're delusional. Because, yeah. as I say, Travis Kelsey doesn't miss games anymore. We've got people falling over themselves trying to say that Mikael Hardman is a breakout candidate. Yeah, he didn't have more than two receptions in a game last year. Mm. If he's going to break out, he needs an awful lot of things to break before he comes out. <laughs> and, you know, so I don't think he's going to be, you know, five, six, seven, you know, eight, nine, ten receptions a week. I just think he's going to chip in. But he should get the bulk of the carries. And given the amount of positive game script they're likely to have. I mean, from an athletic point of view, I'm not a huge fan. Of Edward Slayer, I think, you know, if you just looked at pre-draft, I think I'd probably have taken, you know, J.K. Dobbins, um, the boy Swift. I think I'd probably taken them ahead, but he's a first-round pick that the Kansas City Chiefs have taken, so you sort of have to acknowledge Trust that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Fair. Um, I've, got, I've got a few names I was going to throw at you, if that's all right. Mm. Um, where, do, where do you kind of see, I, I think it's an interesting... It's an interesting year for running backs, the strongest year for running backs since I've been doing fantasy. For wide receivers, I think it gets a little bit messy. So where, where do you see somebody like DeAndre Hopkins with the move? Does he move down your boards? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a worry about wide receivers changing teams, um, especially wide receivers of his skill set, and especially wide receivers going into what is basically an air raid offense. Now, the air raid offense doesn't feature players it's not, you know, if you go back to its very heart, air raid offense is a way to, I think it was Mike, Mike Leach who said, balance isn't running the ball 50% of the time, throwing it 50% of the time. It's making sure all your playmakers get an equal opportunity. Mm-hmm. So that's, we're going to throw the ball to one wide receiver, then another wide receiver, then we'll have a running back carry, then another wide receiver. And we're talking about someone whose target share in Houston was pretty bankable. You know, as yep. much as it can be. Yep. And now he's gone away to a new system where he's not had extensive time to develop his chemistry with his quarterback. I, you know, he's still DeAndre Hopkins. But I don't think we can say with any degree of certainty that 150 targets is nailed on yeah. for Hopkins. Yeah. Whereas you've got other players like, um, say, like Julio Jones. You've got Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, of course. I mean, Devontae Adams, for me, is going to be the wide receiver one because the Packers have got no one else to throw to. Mm. Yeah. And the fact that he is, he's probably the only wide receiver, maybe Michael Thomas, but even then his competition for targets is slightly stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, Devontae Adams is the only wide receiver or player in the NFL who I think could easily get 30% of the team targets. And because he's so good in the red zone, he can probably get 30% of their you know end red zone targets, targets as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas I see you look, DeAndre Hopkins is there. He's going to get the bulk of the targets, I wouldn't think, but... I just think that given his price tag at the moment, I'd rather like wait a few rounds. If you must get a piece of the Cardinals' offense, why not wait a few rounds and get Christian Kirk, who yep. was good last year in places. But yeah. if you look at the cornerbacks that Kirk was going up against, he was going up against Richard Sherman twice a year 
And, you know, he's going up against, you know, he was getting the opposition's best cornerback. That's not happening this year. Yeah. So I think he's a better value than DeAndre Hopkins is at his value. Yeah. Um, Even Larry. Yeah. You can, I mean, life as general, all he does is catch the ball. Yeah. He's turning into a catch ball, fall down player. Well, yeah. bless him. You know, he's getting on. <laughs> but I just think that the greater value for a team like the Cardinals is later in the draft. Yeah. And I know people who are, you know, are much cleverer than me on such things, like Evan Silver. He has DeAndre Hopkins as his wide receiver 14 wow. in his projections. And this is a person who, you know, has been top three or four for the last four or five yeah. years. It just, it, Neil, it just kind of screams to me as the kind of, and I'm ha- kind of hoping this happens because it will scupper somebody's season in our fancy league. But it keeps, seems like the kind of thing that somebody who's not following things very closely will just see the name and they'll be like, oh, I can't believe he's available, you know, like early in the second round and they'll yeah. grab him and they haven't, they just haven't really thought about it. Yeah, I think this is obviously this is the you know I say problem. It's their problem. It's our advantage. Yes. Is the you know the casual ones who maybe the first thing they read in the morning isn't the every Rotor World blurb since the day they, <laughs> since they went to sleep. Not me. I'm just saying someone who looks a bit like me may do it. Um, and they may not he also know love that. crisps? He does like crisps. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna, I'll just put them away. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're teasing me over there with them. Um, they may just say think, oh, DeAndre Hopkins was good last year. He's st- he must be good. That's why he's gone there. And yeah. this is a big problem, of course, with you know the NFL and the big difference you have explaining it to people of why you can't just be good here if you were good there is because scheme is different. And you've got to pick you know relationship. And this is why you know, you know on Madden, for example, someone well he's a ninety nine on Madden. Well, great. Yeah, he's a ninety nine middle linebacker. Yeah, but just because he's then just an 80 outside linebacker doesn't mean you should in all conscience throw him over there. Mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, DeAndre Hopkins was great in Houston. He can be good in Arizona, but I don't think he's going to be great. Yeah. Oh, we're now getting into this, my whole thing of like, I, I love to overthink everything, but this is why I'll then be sitting on something like a first round pick and be like, well, yeah, it's, it's McCaffrey or it's Barkley, but they're, both teams, like McCaffrey's going to have to get used to Bridgewater in Carolina, new coach as well. So that's a new system in COVID times. That's tough. The Giants are going to be terrible because they're the Giants. They haven't got much. So why am I now not going with Alvin Kamara? Because the Saints are going to be solid and stable. And if Alvin Kamara is going to be a part of that offense, he's going to have a big year because the Saints are going to have a big year. You can just go to all of these levels of taking it on such kind of micros and macros at the same time, man. It's I hate fantasy so goddamn much. <laughs> yes. It's broken you already. Broken you already. I mean, there's a couple of stats that I like actually about Kamara going into this year. He's played three seasons. He's played 16 games, 15 games, and 14 games. And every year he's had exactly 81 receptions. That's pretty good. So wow. this year he's going to play 13 games and have 81 receptions. But another thing that <laughs> in, in Kamara's favor, as you say, they had a 75% of their offensive touchdowns last year were through the air. That's going to come back the other way. So obviously they're not going to score as maybe not score as many touchdowns, but that type of balance doesn't carry over. It does on my Madden teams because you know stuff running backs. I've generated myself to be a quarterback. Why should you get the uh, the, the, the touchdown? <laughs> so when you think about that, that Kamara last year was okay till he got hurt, but he didn't score as many touchdowns. With the touchdowns likely to come back in his favour. Kamara is another player who you could think of because, as you say, of the McCaffrey, Barkley, they don't play for very good teams, whereas Alvin Kamara does, and that kind of matters. 
Yeah, the offense it, it does in week. Well. Uh, it does in week fourteen, doesn't it? When they're still playing for something. Absolutely. Yeah. Unless that's yeah. his. You know, th- he played his thirteenth game the week before, and he's you know. Yeah. He's yeah. done his thirteen. <laughs> he's, done. he's done his thirteen eighty one. He's finished now. <laughs> Um, other players I was looking at, Odell Beckham, uh, fantasy pros have got him at number 31. Do you think that's too low or is he kind of, I mean, I don't know, I would see him as potential value there, but then I was saying to Wally, I'd get really scared clicking that button and actually getting him. Yep. It's one of those, It's if you're betting on talent, I mean, last year it was one of those, everything that could go wrong for Odell Beckham went wrong. You know, it was a new team. It's As I say, it's a receiver changing teams. He's got to develop a chemistry with a quarterback in a system that helped absolutely no one. I mean, at times... Watching, apart from Nick Chubb, maybe. Apart from Nick Chubb, but, I mean, at times, watching the watching the Browns' goal-to-go offence last year, it was a Greek tragedy. Oh. It, it was what it was like, oh, my God, just kick the field goal on first down. I don't know how they made them it. so boring, Neil. Like, they on paper, you know, they were the most exciting team going into the season, and then they became the most boring. It was like... It, it was it was tragic. too many... It was, it, it, we, it's our own fault. We suck on ourselves into these things. Like the believe in the hype. T- oh, God, yeah. The number of times me and Mainzy have alternated between this could be the Buccaneers year... <laughs> Since 2008, we I say we take it in turns until you know that we started you know chatting to Charles Daglin on the pod, and we just said, you know what, we're not going to talk him up anymore. You can do it, you know, you, you, and you get a lot more excited about it than we do. So it's all on you. Um, and it's it was just everything was oh my god, look how well they ended the season, and they've got Odell Beckham and now Freddie Kitchens. Oh yeah, yeah, and it, you can throw all this together. It doesn't make it good. There's two words that Eagles fans remember very very well about this situation. Dream team, it doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. And you know, Beckham, you know, he probably wasn't healthy. The worry is that Beckham never seems to be healthy anymore. Mm-hmm. And the big knock that's going in on the Browns this year is that the fact that we saw last year with Kevin Stefanski with the Vikings is that they don't pass if they unless they absolutely have to. So you're banking on Beckham being efficient. And if you look at you know his per game numbers. Um, there's uh, number fire, one of the sites I write for. They have a thing called net expected points, where yep. it looks at you know the number of po- number of points you're expected to add on a play at any given situation at any given point in the field. So it's a good way of monitoring player efficiency. His first two years, he was the best. He was the best. He was so efficient on a per play basis. He's gone down every year and basically just got by on volume. So this is the worry. If they're not going to pass the ball 40, 50 times, and we've seen that they already have Jarvis Landry, who's a target hoover, despite yep. the fact, again, he doesn't really do anything with it once he's got it. Yep. They want to run the ball. There's the worry that you know Beckham could be a value where he's going, but if you have gone running back heavy in your first three rounds and then fourth round pops around, and you're thinking, oh, Odell Beckham, it's the DeAndre Hopkins problem. You're thinking Odell Beckham's a name that I want in my fancy team, yeah, yeah. but it's not 2016 anymore. Yeah, but he's got such a good upside, Neil. Just, just he's got such a good upside. He can go <laughs> break the ceiling. He can... <laughs> yeah. This is the this is see, you can tell yourself a tale that oh, he could be a bounce back candidate this year. Yeah, but what if he's bounce? What if the thing he has to bounce back from is himself? Yeah, you know, I, I, you know it's not a he wasn't in, you know yeah he was injured, but it wasn't a catastrophic injury. It wasn't you know he's still. Still on, an, on the same team he was on, with a quarterback he showed no court chemistry with at all last year. That he's not had a chance to work at this year. It's a safe if if he's your second wide receiver 
and all of a sudden he starts performing as your wide receiver one, you've got yourself a bargain. Yeah. But it's it's not to say everyone's a value if they drop far enough. That, that's how I feel like somebody like uh, Todd Gurley, you know, if if he's if he's your if he's your running back one, I think you're gonna have a long season. If he's your running back two, then you can just see how it goes. And you can always put somebody else in that's kind of proving themselves off the wave wire. Yeah. And pull him it's, out and it's not going to wreck your season. Yeah. I mean, it's more of a risk with running backs to do that because starting running backs are not on the waiver wire. Yeah. You know, once once week three rolls around, if you're a you know, if you're a functioning, breathing running back, you're on someone's roster unless you play <laughs> in an eight team league. That's true. Um, whereas wide receivers are sometimes I mean they pop up from every from from nowhere. You know, Darius Slayton last year, I'd never heard of him. It yeah. wasn't just a oh I can't believe he fell in the draft. It was literally first week he scored a touchdown. I went, who the f- is that? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, um, yeah. Jazz, have you got any players you want to mention? It's just all me. I've got loads more, but I don't. I mean, I'm just... more interested by the crisps. If I'm honest, what, what flavors we got that back then? <laughs> <laughs> These are just Asda's own. Okay, so ready salted. Ready salted. We've got cheese and onion, but we have the potato sticks. Oh, they're delicious. Delicious and horribly addictive. Yeah. Have you, put I, the, have you put them in the microwave? I don't put them in the microwave because the problem I try have, that. Yeah, I open them and, oh, I'll just have a handful. Bollocks. Yeah. Yeah. That packet <laughs> isn't surviving the day if you open it. Yeah. Uh, and then there's assorted other things for, like, this. Okay. This is great audio. I oh, I'm loving this. This is fine. <laughs> what else we got? Rainbow Drops. Oh, nice. Just, you know, for when you really, really want your kids to be, you know, to scrape them off the ceiling. And yeah. Have yeah, all those E-numbers. <laughs> oh. Fantastic. Oh, we've got, pom- got Asda's own Pom Bear equivalent as well called Cheeky Monkeys. Oh, okay. Very nice. I do uh, like a Pom Bear. I am, I am wondering about who are the players that are going to be kind of big boomers that kind of making that next leap. Uh, my, the the person who I would kind of highlight would be would be uh, AJ Brown at Tennessee, uh, DJ Metcalf as well. Those co- uh, DK Metcalf, those sort of players that look like yeah. they can definitely be something. But who's actually going to be in the right situation and actually have the body and the ability to make that next leap into the next kind of rung up the ladder? The AJ Brown, you know, you watched him last season, and as I say I know that you know I think he's was it twenty one, twenty two, and I'm watching him thinking, yeah, I would call him sir. Yeah. If he was stood next to me, he's a full-grown man, and you know he, he looked like you know he just looks like a beast. Yeah. And I mean, he he had a thousand yards last year on fewer than a hundred targets, which I think it makes him the only player to do this in the twenty-first century wow. on a team that leans on the run game almost religiously. So you think he's not going to repeat that? But he, you know, if could he get? 30, 40 more targets now that they realise they really don't have to throw the ball to Corey Davis and yeah. Adam Humphreys. And maybe think, you know, tell you what, why don't we throw it at him? He's quite good. Uh, players like, you know, Marquise Brown, who again, they're on a run first team, but they're one of only two real options in the passing game on that run first team. So you've got Mark Andrews, who played, I think, less than 50% of the snaps, but when he's on the field, he gets targeted. Um, so I think Marquise Brown, as long as he's healthy, and, and you know, he said that last year he was playing at 150 pounds. Like how he was not snapped in two by some of these big buggers he was up so against. So fast, though, isn't he? Oh, he is. And I said, man, he was running on a bad foot, so he's yeah. probably even quicker. Um, 
the worry I have for DK Metcalf, and it's a worry I have for Tyler Lockett, and it's a worry I have for anyone associated with the Seattle Seahawks, is they're backward. They are an, an anachronism because they want to run the ball. Their favourite play last year, and this comes courtesy of Sharp Football Stats, um, their preview of the season, on plays on second down, needing eight or more yards, their favourite and most consistent play was a run play to Chris Carson. So you're already, behind, you're already behind the eight ball. So what do you do? You put yourself further behind it. So instead of saying to like Russell Wilson, our defense probably isn't really good. We have, we've played one home playoff game since we got to the Super Bowl. We lose every year in the playoffs because we decide to wait till the fourth quarter and then let Russell do it. Instead of saying, tell you what, we need to be 35 points up by the start yeah. of the third quarter. Russell, sling it. And, you know, then we could have, you know, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and maybe even a third piece of that passing game being relevant. Instead of that, you get Chris Carson getting his 25 carries a game, Russell Wilson throwing it 20 times, and you're basically praying that the one long bomb DK Metcalf gets goes for a touchdown. Yeah. And we've seen that it's not even a case of, oh, if things go badly, they may pass the ball more. Well, they won't, because Brian Schottenheimer's an idiot and doesn't do that. So DK Metcalf is someone as well. I'm not going to say athletically limited because again he's not. He's a centaur. He's an absolute. You know he's a monster. The problem was <clears throat> that if you go back and watch, I'm not a big film grinder by the way. I'm not sitting there. I'm not Fran Duffy the sort from the Eagles. If you watched DK Metcalf when he was in college, all the one the cornerbacks give him a ten yard cushion, you and then he can't get past them. <clears throat> he was doing double moves. When a quarterback, quarterback is 10 yards off him, yeah, they're not buying it. In okay. the NFL last year, they're right up in his face. It's like, yeah, he's going to throw you aside like a rag doll, and then he's going to be open. Now, I'd like to think some defensive coordinators are cleverer than me. Not all of them, some of them. And I think they may have noticed that. Um, so they may just say, no, come back off him and let him try, his, let him try and look silly. And then Everett will get funneled to Tyler Lockett when they fail, they have to pass. So Tyler Lockett's another one that he's never going to take a leap, but he's, he remains a, an area where you think, where I can get him, he could be really good because of this link-up he has with Russell Wilson. I mean, yeah. before he got hurt last year, Tyler Lockett was the wide receiver three. So that's week one to week nine. And this is a team that doesn't pass the ball. Mm -hmm. And he was the wide receiver three. So DK Metcalf worries me. Because I just think that he's 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 got he hasn't got many tools in the box and everything is counting against him. Whereas I think the likes of AJ Brown, Marquise Brown, it's the Brown boys. You know, I just think that everything's in place for them to push on. And you know, maybe ne this time next year we're th we're thinking these are second round players we have to take if you know we're not going to get a running back here. Yeah, fair. That's fair. Uh, Pretty the, fair. I, mean, I think in some ways the DK Metcalf thing now is. It's a bit like how Tyler Lockett was when Doug Baldwin was there because Baldwin got all the receptions, all the targets, and Lockett was very boom or bust. And now it's flipped, and Lockett's now the Baldwin character, and now Metcalf is the Lockett character in this situation. Yeah. And, and, and I say for a team that is not going to go out and fill the air with footballs, yeah. the second option in that passing game Risky. Is, is ridiculously boom or bust. Yeah. I mean, you could, you know, it's, it's, it's a cliche to say, I like them in best ball because you don't have to worry about starting them. If they have a good week, they'll be in your team. But yeah. if you, I mean, you could have weeks where you've sat there with Metcalf and you're thinking, 
what the hell is this? And then at the end of the season, you'll say, oh, he was the wide receiver 16. Yeah, but in points per game, he was he was worthless. He had one game where he got 50 points. You know, every, like, everything else, he was crap. It's like Will Fuller. number oh, of times but, I've had Will Fuller and left to my bench when he's had the 50-point games. Or Sammy Watkins and all that. They're the, they're the classic ones because they are you know, the best ball cliche because it's just a nightmare trying to guess when they'll have their yeah, one game. Is. I was yeah, going to yeah. say, in fairness, Sammy Watkins was really uh, good and he had it in week one last year because and then we all knew he'd had his game so we don't need to yeah. play him again for the rest of the year and he proved exactly that, so that was all right of him. I mean, I think, uh, Will, I, I had a stat the other day. In more than half of his games played, Will Fuller has scored fewer than 10 fancy points. Doesn't shock me. But when he does score fancy rough. points, he scores oh. 25, 30, 35. I mean, I say last year, it was against the Falcons. He had a 50-point fantasy game. Yep. He caught 200 yards, three touchdowns. Yeah. On my so bench. What does, yeah, so what does everyone do the next week? Start him and then cry about it. And yeah. he injured. I'm pretty sure that the week after he injured his hamstrings out for weeks. Probably did. Live I'm, it. I'm, I'm fairly certain. I've just, you know, I'm wafting my arm at this and his hamstrings starting to feel a bit tight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Neil, you touched on like the, the running backs for... For Seattle, it feels like that. It feels like they bring in these guys and they just have it's a carousel of running backs and they have a, a week where they'll get 200 yards on the ground or something. And you think, oh, fantastic, they've solved it. They, you know, they finally uh, replaced Come Marshawn around, Lynch. Yeah. And then, you know, you're back to square one the next week. It's See, 20 it's, yards or something. They are the ultimate poster children for running back doesn't matter because they're going to plug someone behind that line. That's yeah. terrible, by the way. And the running back is just going to, by sheer weight of numbers, is going to produce because he's going to get 20 carries. But again, it's a question of, well, I like Chris Carson where he's going as maybe, you know, I've gone wide receiver, wide receiver, running back. As a second running back, do I like Chris Carson? No, I don't because he fumbles the ball. You know, mm-hmm. he doesn't catch the ball. He's not using the receiving game. But then you watch and see, oh, we have another 20 carries, another 100 yards. Yeah, and then you t- you, th- you trick yourself into thinking, do you know, I might just send a quick trade off over this. You're wasting your time because next week, Rashad Perry will come, Penny will come in, and he'll get his hundred yards. And then you're like, oh god, it's running back by committee. What have I done? I- I've locked into something. I- I'm in, I'm, I'm in too deep. I-, I don't want a piece of this. I think uh, I think from me, my last one on it, I know Dave's probably got like another laundry list of of stuff, so I'll fire the last few over to him. But um. The last one I'm kind of interested in is the plethora of wide receivers that went in the first round this year, the draft. Mm. And where, who would you say is the best looking wide receiver for fantasy football owners to kind of highlight, maybe think he might not be around kind of the third or fourth kind of thing. You can pick up somebody who's actually going to be quite a little studly impact player coming out of that rookie receiver class that was so hotly touted. See, one of the you know the biggest perils you can have um, in fantasy football is if you start falling for coach-centric analysis. For example, Kyle Shanahan always feeds his ex-receiver. Yeah, his ex-receiver's been Julio Jones and Andre Johnson. I'd feed them. <laughs> yeah. You know, things like that. You know, oh, Tom Brady, you know, Joe Flacco loves throwing to his tight end. Well, he didn't when he was in Denver. So it, it falls down like that. But when a coach on a team trades up to get a player, that's when, and if you respect that coach, that's when you start to take notice. So when Kyle Shanahan of the 49ers moved up to take Brandon Ayuk, who I liked anyway, I thought coming out, he was, you know, I, I right for Otavis, I said he could be this year's Devo Samuel. 
he's not the same player as Samuel. He's not as physical. You couldn't use him as a running back. But someone who can get you yards in lots of ways, I really liked because he was he, uh, he was an excellent special teams player. He was productive in junior college, then went to Arizona State and had one productive year there. And now he's coming to the 49ers. So Carl Shanahan, we know how he can manufacture touches for his players. Yeah. And we've got Debo Samuel, uh, they trade away Marquise Goodwin. So the, pretty much their wide receiver core is, they also had the boy Jalen Hurd, who was going to be big. He missed all last year, then he tears his ACL. So now you're thinking that, okay, this offense is in the passing game because none of the running backs really catch passes. Jarek McKinnon maybe, but I don't know how much you can bank on him. He hasn't played in three years. So the wide, their receiving game is George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Kendrick Bourne, and Dante Pettis. Hmm. We like the 49ers offense. We know it can move the ball. We know that they they had last year, I think, 47% of their passing yards came through the air. 53% were in yak. Right. The NFL average is flipped. So the NFL average, most of it is through the air and then yak. So they they are you know, predicated on get the ball into receiver's hands and let him do things himself. That's why you know Jimmy Garoppolo is so efficient because he doesn't do it himself. He lets his wide receivers or pass catch, other pass catchers do it. So I think the fact that Brandon and I, people are thinking, oh, it's going to be a tough only one year production, junior college. But now it's he seems to be getting rave reviews and the situation seems to be opening up for him to get an awful lot of volume in an offense that we know can produce four fantasy points. Uh, because, I mean, even Emmanuel Sanders last year, bless him, who, you know, one of the, the second player this century to play all 17 weeks of the season. Yeah. Because he was traded after uh, or uh, after week. a buy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, even he had weeks where he looked functional. Well, bless him. I don't think Sanders has got Brandon Ayuk's speed. <laughs> so I think that Ayuk is in a perfect situation that he can be relevant. Probably, you know, he's probably got a decent floor and could have ceiling weeks. Someone like Jalen Rager for the Eagles. Now, we saw last year, and as Ollie can obviously know, when you're watching the Eagles through the gaps in your fingers and biting your nails because it is the most clenchingly un- unattractive football to watch because it's like pulling teeth because there's no speed. So they lose to Sean Jackson. So Jackson's coming back. So it's like, Howie, you do know you can have more than one speedy wide receiver, don't you? You know, it's, it's, <laughs> look, at the, look at the Chiefs. They've got five of the buggers. You, know, you, yeah. you don't just have to have one. So he goes out and he gets, you know, Rager, John Hightower, Quez Watkins, Marquis Goldwyn, who obviously is going to sit out anyway. And they start talking about Rager, going to use him everywhere. And you see the, you know, taken for what they are, the training camp videos of him catching passes left, right and centre from Carson Wentz. Don't buy into that. Don't buy into that. It's hard I, I don't get too high about it. But and I also, I, I you know, a deep, deep admirer of Carson Wentz, but Jalen Rager does not remind you of Julio Jones, Carson Get that shit out of your mouth. <laughs> um, so I think I think it would be Ayuk and then Rager because the others, I just worry that they're going to have boom weeks and they're not going to be consistent. Like Jerry Judy, that Denver offense looks crowded, but they've decided to tie everyone on that offense to Drew Locke, which is a wonderful idea. Uh, best of luck with it. Uh, you've got someone like Denzel Mims, who's going to an Adam Gase offense. Don't want any part of that. Nope. You've got Henry Ruggs with the Raiders, who... I Raiders. think he'll do well. Yeah, that, he, that one's exciting, I think. Yeah. yeah. Especially if they use him like the Chief used Tyree Hill. Yeah. And not just a go deep. No, well, it's Derek Carr. He's not going to throw to him deep. So if they if they are clever in how they use him, he could have weeks where 
you know, he's wide, a wide receiver too, maybe the occasional big week. But I just think in terms of, from a weekly floor point of view, I really, really like Brandon Ayuk. And the, as I say, if you draft now, you can get him at value. But in two or three weeks, I worry that he's going to be too expensive. Yeah. So just going back to the four, sorry, Dave, just with the four nines offense you mentioned about the receivers, which running back would you take? Because it's tough, because obviously Shanahan's offense produces tons of yards for running backs, yeah. lots of touchdowns, but who do you take? Because you might get the one who gets the 80-yard drive, then loses the touchdown. See, many for many years with the, the Patriots in fantasy football, the winning strategy was take the last running back. Right, yeah. So if okay, one year it was LeGarrette Blum, then the next year it was Deion Lewis. Then the next year it was James White. So I think it's a similar thing with the 49ers because I know that, you know, last year Raheem Mostert looked good. But he doesn't, he's not, he doesn't get used in the passing game. So, okay, Tevin Coleman, who, my God, Kyle Shanahan will go to his grave trying to prove that Kev, Tevin Coleman works and it's <laughs> yeah. a good idea. You know, it's that, you know, classic exam question. There's Tevin so much Coleman, pain behind the eyes, and show, You know, show, show, your, show all your working, 20 <laughs> points. Um <laughs> <laughs> I just think that it's an it's a backfield that you want a piece of because you've seen how productive it is. I mean, yeah. hell, two years ago, Jeff Wilson, who yep. I'm sure was you know, I'm sure he was the front man in my ELO tribute band. <laughs> um, even he had weeks where he was fantasy relevant, so you yeah. want a piece of it. I just, I just think in a few weeks, Raheem Mostert's going to be a third round pick, and it's like we Probably. saw last year that. Yeah. He's not going to be the guy. He'll be the guy this week, but then not the guy next week. So if you're going to go the cheapest one, the cheapest one is it's Jared McKinnon. But as I say, he hasn't played in three years, but he's the only one that actually has a skill set that makes him look like he could play all three downs. Yeah. Whereas most of it, they get off the field and passing downs. They get, you know, they take Tevin Coleman off. I mean, just just take Carl Jusek and I've done with it. Yeah, true. <laughs> I was so annoyed. I was going to put a bet on him to be the first touchdown scorer in the Super Bowl as well. And I didn't do it. I thought, he'll never do it. I should have done it. Yeah. Should have fucking done it. Annoyed. It's just so much pain, as I say, in your eyes, Dave, about Tevin Coleman. <laughs> Shanahan trying to make him good. And <laughs> yeah. Soft spot. He was great. He was great. He was great in the Falcons. He had, he had, he had good time. Yeah, that one-two punch of him and Gurley was fantastic. Like I know. I, I, I'm actually. I'm sad because I, I'm actually thinking that when not because of Tevin Coleman, but like we, we had a running game then, and that was uh, you know three years ago. So I think that's. Uh, it's just yeah. um, you know. Well, we're going to have Freeman we'll in Philadelphia before the season starts, and we'll have. Yeah, he hasn't signed yet. We'll has have he? Miles Sanders and Freeman as the main two running backs in Philly. That'll work beautifully, Neil. Come on. Yeah, that'll. Yeah, it's. I blame Marcus Grant. Because he, you know, had said nothing about Miles Sanders. Then, yes, they said he could be the guy. And then Sanders hurts himself in practice. Yeah. Uh, so the problem with you know, see, Freeman is, you know, obviously, Dave, you watch, you watch it, you see that. He still got peppered with look, with touches last year. I just didn't do it with him. Yeah. He, had- he just, he, he couldn't, he couldn't, uh, if he broke the first tackle or if his offensive line did their job for, you know, once in a game, because they were poor consistently, that he just couldn't take. <laughs> Couldn't make anybody miss. Couldn't couldn't get to the secondary. Is just literally like, you know, I don't know what his top run was. It he can't have got over twenty yards more than twice, maybe, maybe, it's, in the whole I, season. I, but the thing is, they still used him in the passing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, obviously they're going to. I mean, who else was it? I mean, bless him, Brian Hill. 
had his week a few years ago, but it's still Brian Hill. Ito Smith was a was a sexy name a few years ago, but again, it's Ito Smith. Just, um, he's just a guy. I'm just, just trying to look up. You know, I'm, you know, I'm just I'm doing some on the spot research here and trying to find Devonta Freeman last year to answer your question. Of how many yeah, I don't know what his fantasy numbers were, um, uh, but uh, it's. <laughs> It yeah, it was hard, it was hard watching as a fan, definitely. I mean, I'm kind of I'm a bit more hopeful about Todd Gurley. Um, I think that he, I quietly think that he's going to get a thousand yards, but I, um, I wouldn't bet on it. But I kind of uh, I've got it in the back of my mind. I think he's still going to be productive. He's just not going to be um, a, a pro bowler. He's not going to be a he's not going to be the kind of Hall of Fame running back that he looked like two years ago. You know. But I think he could still be a guy, and he's going to be better than Freeman. Um, Freeman so. had 14.1 fancy points per game, which was running back 19. Okay. He had four runs of 15 yards or more. Well, they, I wasn't that far off then, no. yeah. Um, so his, so his, um, on Player Profiler, there's another website I, I write for, uh, it's the breakaway run rate of 2.2%, which was 44th among all running backs. <laughs> there you <laughs> yeah. go. Sounds about right. Show him that burst, Freeman. Show him that burst. <laughs> That's why uh, you're unsigned now. What's your take on Brandon Cooks this year? Is he going to get Hopkins like numbers, or is it going to be a difficult one because he's just not the same type of player? It's <laughs> there comes time when you know when you have that many re- uh, relationships and they all end. You all have to look and say, "There's one common theme in these relationship <laughs> breakups. It's it's me." And, and that's what is. I mean, Brandon Cooks has played with in the NFL: Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Jared Goff in a friendly offense. Yeah. And there's there's Alan Robinson who's played with Blake Bortles, Mitchell Trubisky. You know, and even back in college, he's playing with Matt McGloin and Christian Hackenberg. Alan Robinson hates <laughs> Brandon Cooks, and no one can convince me otherwise for that exact reason. Cooks worries me because he's he's a concussion away from having to retire. Oh yeah. He's yeah. and I don't. It's, it's it sounds callous, I know, but I don't really want that type of person on my fantasy team <laughs> yeah. um, because yeah. I I don't want to be oh bloody hell just re- you know injured again you know I don't want to yeah. I don't want to be that guy I mean I am an unfeeling yeah. bastard but I don't like to do that in something that I'm supposed to enjoy yeah the Texans wide receivers just baffle me mm-hmm. um, because again that that's almost like um, the Patriots running backs take the cheapest one. Because while everyone's expecting Will Fuller to to be the man, because he has this built-in chemistry with Deshaun Watson, he's never fit. He's going to miss games. He doesn't score touchdowns. I think he scored in two of his last twenty games, but it's just when he does score, he scores through two Multiples, or three. Yeah. Um, I think that, it's it's weird, but I think Randall Cobb, because I think he's almost going to play the DeAndre Hopkins role. You know, the he's just going to be the safety valve. You know, he's going to work the area where. <clears throat> excuse me, where DeAndre, uh, Deshaun Watson is just comfortable just dumping the ball off. Um, but yeah. I think they're all going to cannibalise each other. So I, it's it's one of those that if you want a piece of the Houston offence and your fancy team, you're best off just getting Deshaun Watson and not worrying about the rest of the rest of it. Yeah, I agree with that. Just wanted to see what your thoughts were on the Cooks thing as a thing. Mm. I mean, I like Brandon Cooks. I mean, he's, uh, you know, not many players get traded for a first round pick that many times. That's true. But again, it's, he wasn't good last year. The Rams' offense wasn't good generally, um, and this is why you don't really, you know, you don't want a wide receiver who, if you have questions about, because they're so dependent on their quarterback anyway. We know that Jared Goff, if he feels the slightest hint of pressure, 
you know, folds quicker than, you know, Superman on laundry day. <laughs> um, excellent gag there, um, if you say so myself. Um, but, I mean, I'm not saying Deshaun Watson is Jared Goff, but again, it's not a very good offensive line. And it's on an offense that goes out of its way to make things difficult for its quarterback. Yeah, yeah. And I feel now, sorry for him there. Oh, I mean, getting kicked in the eye against the Raiders last year, people are like, my God, he, he got up and continued the play after being kicked in the eye. I'm thinking, if Bill O'Brien was my coach, it'd feel like getting kicked in the balls on a daily basis anyway. <laughs> and your GM, of course, as well. Say, oh, coach and GM, thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, clip that off. I love that. That's really good. Um, one of the uh, other players, um, I won't just keep firing players at you, but... Um, There's quite a lot in the NFL, Dave, so if you want to run down every single one... <laughs> I know, I could do it, I could do it. I love fancy uh, chat, but um, yeah, Thielen without Diggs in Minnesota is uh, very interesting to me. And I see him I see him dropping down um, in a lot of these, these, uh, these drafts that are coming up. I don't know, I don't know, what do you think? Is it kind of, is it a, a, a bit of a sleeper or... See, when they used to pass the ball in Minnesota, when I was a lad, um, when John T. Filippo was the offensive coordinator and they just literally went pass, pass, pass. Adam Field was brilliant because yeah. um, he was, you know, he was used in the red zone. He was getting his, you know, 10 targets a game. From the minute Kevin Stefanski became offensive coordinator, which was, I think, three games to go of the 2018 season and pretty much all of last year, Adam Field has been unusable for the bulk of the time in fantasy. Um, now, it was because Kirk Cousins just seemed to have a better connection with Stephon Diggs. So then you were banking on, okay, well, if we haven't got the volume, again, we're banking on efficiency. And Thielen last year was not efficient. He wasn't healthy for large portions, but yeah. he wasn't getting large, large, you know, he wasn't racking up the yak. He wasn't getting, you know, the big, deep targets. And we've seen that they just want to run the ball and pass when they have to, you know, use play action and limit Kirk Cousins. So, I, again, I worry about Adam Field. On paper, you look and say, well, Diggs is gone. So, he's falling into 100-odd extra targets onto what he got last year. It never works that way. I mean, they brought in Justin Jefferson. They've got Kyle Rudolph already. <clears throat> Dalvin Cook is a pretty good receiver at the backfield. Yep. They've got Smith. Irv Smith, who's yep. basically going free in fancy drafts. He's like the last round. And he could benefit because Justin Jefferson, he was behind the eight ball anyway with the truncated offseason. I'm fairly certain that's the 50th time I've used the word truncated in podcasts this year. Um, <laughs> so I'll, I'll raise my back to that when I can find it. Um, I think Smith is going to benefit because they may just say, let's just use him as like an auxiliary wide receiver. Feeling, I'd say on paper, should be falling into low end wide receiver two. Sorry, high-end wide receiver two, low-end wide receiver one usage. I just worry that he's never really had that connection with Cousins when it wasn't just a, if I throw so many balls at this coconut, I'll hit eventually. Yeah. And when it's a case of, look, you're going to get four targets, you need to make the most of them. Again, unless you've got, you know, unless you've got speed to burn, which, bless him, he hasn't, that's not the type of player I really am looking for, especially you know, at his price tag. I guess it just, it just depends where he drops down to, doesn't it? Yeah, as I mean, with everything, yeah. At the moment, I am um, in my projections. If he fell to the fourth round, I'm interested. Yeah, that was kind of where I was hoping he might come down to. But again, it's a name, isn't it? So I don't know if somebody yeah. else is going to reach for him and take see. him in the third. And <laughs> That's right, Ollie. Ollie, That's right. Yeah, Ollie's right. <laughs> I mean, it's it's you. You're almost hoping for a run on running backs in the first round. 
then a run on wide receivers in the second round. And yeah. then that opens up the third round. To, it pretty much opens the league up again for where yeah. now people have to start thinking, do I want another running back or should I go wide receiver here? You know, it actually makes it a little bit more... Mm, tactical. Tactical, yeah. Not so much you're not following, you're not either at the start of one run or the end of another. You can yeah. actually you can actually look at it objectively and say, I, I mean, I'm not a big fan of you know, just draft good players, but you know the best player available, you can actually look at it instead of saying, I need two running backs. You'll know, say, oh, he's dropped. Yeah. What's your uh, take on kickers and def- defences? Do you do them at all, or do you leave them to the last two rounds? If you can, and some leagues let you, I don't draft them. I'd rather okay. take another running back, a wide receiver, knowing that the week of, the, you know, in week one, I'm going to be dropping people anyway to pick them up. Yeah, um, because they're you know they're not sticky. The running the wide sorry the def- defense from one year to the next it doesn't really carry over. Yeah, and you know just saying oh they got 30 interceptions last year. Yeah, they're not doing that again. You know, I don't care who they are. Um, kickers, as I say, I I generally if I can and most leagues you can, especially the league I play, it's a streamable position, and I just look at you know. I look at people like Denny Carter, who writes a lot about kickers, bless him. And there's a man who loves his position group. You know, he, really? will, he will fight to keep I mean, people who say ban kickers. You will anger Denny if that's your approach. Um, <laughs> but, you know, people like that will say, you know, I look for, you know, teams that are favoured at home or teams that crap in the red zone, uh, you know, like, yeah. like the Browns last year. All, yeah. the, all the Cardinals who also, you know, literally as soon as they got to the, uh, like the goal line, fourth and one on the one, get St. Garlis out there. Come on. He must yeah. be this year. He yeah, must he outscore well, yeah. Michael Thomas this year in fantasy points. Um, <laughs> but if you have to take a defense, they're my last two picks. Okay, and that's it's it's not even a question. The oh why why not get a jump on them and take the, the you know I don't know take the Ravens in round ten. What why not drive your car with your feet? You know, <laughs> there's, there's, there's no rule to say you can't. It just it doesn't. Oh, good idea. It's a good idea. <laughs> Hey, come on! Do it. Taking defenses oh. early was like the only way you could get a Jacksonville Jaguars element into your fantasy team. Was maybe picking up their D a few years back. Yeah, Aside from that, nobody else would now, ever touch you? it. So. Well, that that year that their D was amazing. That year was completely a free agent in our league, and I picked them up at like week six. So you never know who's going to perform until they perform. So I'm totally with you on that one. Let's just say if you if you happen to fall upon a team that all of a sudden starts racking up sacks and interceptions and pick sixes and you don't have to stream, perfect. That's the winner. But you have to, you know, I just like to assume that you know the two thousand uh, Baltimore Ravens aren't just going to appear every week. So yeah. I'd rather just take my chances. Yeah, no thanks. Uh, I don't really want to have Ray Lewis mumbling and grumbling through the NFL season again. It's just not something you need to listen to at this <laughs> point anymore of him. Um, Dutzman, I think I'm all good on fantasy talk unless you guys have got anything else you want to fire Dutz's way. No, that was amazing. I'm all good. Thank you, Neil. Thanks, man. You've Mate. given me a lot to think about. For, uh, we've got our draft coming up in a couple of weeks' time. I think we're going to live um, stream it as well. So um, we'll see uh, how it all turns out. Yeah. But do do try the chipsticks in the microwave. I'm telling you, they, they come out just like French fries out of the oven. They're delicious. How long in the microwave? I'm seconds? sure it's just in the back of the packet. If you read the back of the packet, I'm this pretty sure This feels like a trick, fresh. Neil. It's a trick. <laughs> it's not. It really isn't. I thought it was a trick. I don't believe it. If you read it, it should say on it, I'm sure. Is the it's packet okay in the microwave? The ones I get from Sainsbury's have microwave instructions on them. It's going to explode. I'm going to have to get the ones from Sainsbury's. Um, no, this just says to avoid danger of suffocation. 
Uh, to avoid dangerous suffocation, please keep this bag away from babies. No, I'll suffocate the babies if they come near my crisps. <laughs> that off as well yeah we'll uh, we'll have that as a drop in a couple of weeks excellent yeah that's good <laughs> that's man uh thanks so much for coming on man really appreciate the time bud and no problem. Uh, thank you for having me i will thanks, get buddy. you on at some point uh what in like week four so i can complain about all of the things that you've uh, said and how yeah. none of it's happening and it's really yeah. my fancy draft <laughs> as i say i i live in a house with you know my my she can't hear me girlfriend uh, and two daughters so i'm always wrong so it, yeah. it, it, it doesn't bother me anymore. I like David Montgomery as well in Chicago. If Chicago can get moving with uh, Nick Foles, I like Montgomery. Uh, if Foles will get injured again, Minister Basin comes in. I'm not excited goes. about those players. Don't start slagging off Nick Foles and I've got the jersey here. That's some... It's all right, he's won a Super Bowl. He doesn't need to do anything. As long as we don't have to watch... I just don't want to watch Trubisky for more than half a game. No, never. Ever, ever. Oh, I forgot to ask him what his over-under would be for the season, by the way. Oh, I'll uh, I'll send him a message and we'll chuck it in on the uh, Yeah, see what he says at some point. Nice, Um, yeah. Guys, giving me so much to consider. Yeah. Are you guys still up for that, for um, streaming the... The draft on the pod, yeah. The draft, yeah. Sure. I think it'd be great fun. Well, you've said I normally, it. <laughs> so I normally do it and do it. like bring Prince in and stuff though. So I don't know if we have some Can guest we just appearances make sure or not. That if we do that, you mute your fucking laptop. I don't want to hear the you're on the clock. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I don't want to hear it this time, Dave. Every year I don't want to hear I, it. Sometimes, you know, I need that because if I'm doing stuff and I'm getting a bit panicky, I need the little uh, machine to tell me and, and the when cheers, I've got 10 seconds and the cheers when you draft someone's really reassuring because you're not sure about it and you hit draft and then it goes <sighs> bam, and you're like oh bam, I have made the right bam, call oh, it's alright yeah. that countdown is super annoying you've got 10 picks to wait to figure out what you're going to do we'll see we'll see what happens Jazz I don't I can't uh, make any promises it's just also thrown a lot of curveballs into the whole equation as well what's been said tonight there's now more to think about and more yeah, to he's process freak, he's, so. he's freaked me out to be honest like I really enjoyed <laughs> that but it's also like put me in a bit of a spin with what to do I love um, that he said like all the mocks I've done already and it's like we're still what two weeks away from the season no three weeks yeah. away because it was four yeah it was it. four Sundays last yeah. Sunday well, he is a fancy guy. I assume he was probably doing mocks in like Sully. June. And Four stuff. Sundays last Sunday, so it must be three now. Yeah, so it'll be three this Sunday. Because <laughs> you take one away. That's how maths works. Oh, that's and, how it works. And okay. time. That's how time works, I think, as well. Right. Um, so I'd like to know to who did about. the first mock draft this year, Dave or Neil. That would have been one probably I should, Dave. I should have asked. <laughs> Haven't done one yet. Still but I'll probably I'll probably have Guys. to go and do like... like 20 in the next week now that Neil's freaked me out. You're not gonna, you're gonna do one tonight before bed just quickly while you have the rest (laughs) of your dinner. Yeah, maybe put a little mock on. Uh, should quickly say that you can find Neil Dutton on Twitter at ndutton13. That's D U T O N N Dutton13. Uh, NFL fantasy writer for Rotoviz, number five Roto Underworld, contributor to the Ravens Wire, and of one half of the podcast Waxing Lyrical as well, which you can find on all good podcasting outlets definitely want to get neil back on um for the so you can, uh you can like kind of gloat about your eli manning jersey so it'd be more for the eddie murphy segment of what have you done for me lately what have you done for me lately i know he used to do <laughs> shit for you but what has he done for you lately 
That will be, we'll Brilliant. have that as the start of the Neil Dutton section. Because <laughs> what have you done for me lately, Neil? Like you, t- you gave us all the information before the draft, but now what am I meant to do? And we'll just use him. <laughs> Every week we get him on, we'll just read out who's available on the waiver wire and then we'll all scramble to try and get them as we're talking. And everybody's on their phone, half listening, half asking questions. Oh, who, should, who should I pick up if I've you know, got Sammy Watkins on my bench this week? I don't know what to do. And yeah. Do it yourself. Nah. No, I'm terrible at fantasy, so I can't wait for you to wear that Eli Manning top. And if you're in uh if you're out of the country, then um in a way it'll kind of be like more fun because you'll have to take a photo and send it to us and it'll just you know, the fact that it'll be happening on like another continent will just kind of just really fill me up. But yeah. you're probably not gonna be in another country, are you? He might be. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know yet. I mean, we'll find out what the Argentinians are doing, but that's a conversation. I thought that was gone. I thought it was ruled out. Uh, there is gaps at certain points that Argentina may be able to be off and then potentially come back, and then there's other there's other bits as well. So uh, okay. that that is for another time and another place. Though I think on that on that. Um, yep. Remember, you can find Jazz on Twitter. Jazz, Jazz Gillum and Jazz Gillum on both that and Instagram. Dave, have you learned your stuff yet? There, there is a Twitter profile out there, but it's it's buried in the ether. So if you can find me, send me a, a tweet. David Bluck one. <laughs> at David so Bluck one. It's uh, a creepy face. David Bluck on Instagram as well. O underscore J underscore Wilson on Twitter and Instagram uh, for myself. And return the pics on both Instagram and Twitter. All one word. I think it's all lowercase. I think it forces you to be all lowercase on Instagram. Don't think it matters, actually. Yeah. I, I kind of like how it looks when you don't have it all lowercase. But, yeah, that's where you can follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, on the podcast. Uh, we're going to do one. I think we're still doing one on Saturday altogether. Yes. Yeah. Yep, yep. Sat around I a table in it, a pub. Uh, make it happen. I need to book a table, actually. We'll oh, admin. Do that off air. Sorry. You'd already done that. Sorry. Nope. We'll... <sighs> Well, we should be talking hard knocks, thoughts on players going into the season and I guess any other business. We still haven't covered Seattle trying to sneak a girl in dressed as a as a, no, as we a player into the bubble, into their little bubble. And how did you were very brave said about it. No, I did not know about this. So... Oh, OK. So one of the rookie corners has been let go by the Seahawks. He tried to sneak in a, a woman into the, the player bubble by disguising her as a player. And Vrabel came out and said, well, I just hope that she wasn't the size of an NFL player. Yeah, that face says it all, Dave. Yeah, that's right. Kemis, he, they try to do that. Kemmer Siverand, the, f- the rookie. Who is, he? Who is he? Rookie corner. So you, you're you like in don't mess up at all. Let's, yeah. let's do this now because this is the, this, we're, we're kind of into it. What a fucking idiot. Like everybody needs to toe the line at the best of times, let alone during a pandemic and when you're a rookie. And then you try and bring a girl into the little COVID bubble of your team and you then dress her up in all the gear to try and make her look like she's... Where was he drafted? Do you know that? Uh, I'll do a little bit of research while you guys discuss. But I mean, you know, he's probably going to go to the Bengals now. The Bengals love taking players to questionable character that will do things a bit silly. So I'm saying he ends up in the Bengals. Yeah. Oh, I don't or the XFL, because he... of course the XFL now is owned by The Rock, so that It'll might probably be successful. Yep. Chuckling. I hope it is that he, the Rock, might be the the savior of like us having a potential second league. We should talk about that at he's, some point because uh, that's exciting. He's out of Oklahoma State, 
who the last player I really think of when people say Oklahoma State was it Justin Blackman, who was the wide receiver, oh, yeah, yeah. who was an absolute beast and then got done for, um, uh, what do you call it, narcotics or whatever, like however many times and had loads of Osfield problems. As How well, square just... are you, narcotics? <laughs> well, well, he was done for uh, narcotics. <laughs> uh, he's, he had some of that wacky backy when he was in the off season. Peyton, what did really you think of uh, his job? What did you think of Justin Blackman's antics down in Jacksonville, Peyton? What? And, and everything that's going on with that sort of receiver, is that the kind of player that you'd like in your huddle? Oh, well, um, it's not the kind of uh, player that fits into the mechanics of the Indianapolis Colts offense, I think. Um, you just have to hope for the best for these young players and that they can mature at the right time. Well, g- good luck to him, but um, not my cup of, uh, of wide receiver. <laughs> maybe, maybe Eli would rather have him around than... Yeah. Oh, a slight dig at them. <laughs> yeah. I would have liked that. That's, yeah. uh, that's some good. Some character from Yeah, Kevin Sivran. What like and you're watching Hard Knocks, we'll talk about it on the weekend, but and you see all of the kind of rigorous preparation that they're going through. It's insane. And you're a rookie. Like how dumb can you be to be a yeah. rookie and doing that sort of thing? It's- I think he's I assume from the back of that, just from what you've told me, that his career is done before it's even got started. Because what team could hire somebody maybe next year if things are like yeah, do you know what Bengals. i mean like what team can do that now that he's Bengals. just like flagrantly broken the bubble just to have sex with some <laughs> runner <laughs> that's the thing if it was any other year it'd be like okay you've broken team orders but maybe if you go away and then you try again with another team and you're on yeah. the fringe this time and all that but it's the fact that it's like breaking pandemic stuff which isn't even yeah. like nfl team derail importance. your this whole team yeah the whole shebang like the u.s is struggling so hard with this and you're kind of going yeah but i'm in the nfl now so who gives a shit like, i uh, just want to i wish i could be a fly on the wall to like when he's talking to his his girl and they cook up this plan i just love to just hear what was said and i for it to go through like for you to try something like that you must be so blindly optimistic about the results yeah yeah, I mean, this is what this, day, like the first, second, or third week of training camp. Yeah, like second week. Because this was like yeah, a week and a bit week. ago, I think. Yeah. Sorry, so like why five can't you just least... wait and get the training camp done and then do your business afterwards? Because yeah. he just thought it was going to be fine. He was like, "Oh yeah, everything's going great. I'm in the NFL now. I can do what I want. <laughs> this is fantastic." And then, hey, I've got this idea. You could just sneak in as a player. It's going to be easy there's no checks or anything it's not like there's a pandemic going it's fine it's fine we'll get away with it doesn't it sum up what you think about cornerbacks (laughs) (laughs) cornerback attitudes yeah like wide receivers and corners are always the most like arrogant jawing people on the field and like dumbasses social media and stuff and always like calling each other out and things like that doesn't it just sum it up right there yep unbelievable (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm sure there'll be plenty to think on on that on Saturday. Um, Yeah, so we'll have that one coming up in the next few days. Uh, Cheers for listening, and we'll be back next week at some point. Take care.